Is Eternals Marvel's most divisive movie yet? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is a show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, Eternals, Deviants, uh, and all of the rest with me, as always, is Roxy Stryer. DJ, I, I feel like we're twinning today a little bit with our shirts. A little bit. What The, the little, my, is yours gray also? No, that's what I was thinking. Yours looks more gray. Mine's a little more green. But for some reason on the screen, if they're, I feel as if they are, and I don't know what this term actually means, complementary colors. I also don't know what that term means. It so, might actually mean when it's across the wheel of each other, it might mean like blue and red or some shit like that. Yeah, but I think the co- the colors complement each other. I agree, and I and I, but I think you're right because on the on camera it looks it looks very it's like we coordinated. Yes, yeah. and we did. We did. We did. We call. You, it may not look like it every week, but we call each other. Yeah, we call and make sure you know, we're going to be wearing complimentary this week. Oh, good. I'll wear yellow just cause just, <laughs> just because, but as I, um, hinted at, at the beginning of the episode, uh, we are going to be talking about eternal spoiler free this episode. Um, but before we do that, uh, as always, if you want the full discussion, if you want to watch this live, if you want to watch this early, or if you want the new Patreon exclusive show that I'm doing with our pal Sal from comic pop, talking about every live action Spider-Man movie, um, leading up to Spider-Man, no way home uh you can do that over at patreon.com slash only stupid answers uh if you listen to this on itunes please give us a five-star review uh we'd really appreciate it it helps out the show tremendously and then if you listen on spotify every week we ask you a question last week we asked you what is your favorite holiday (laughs) what is your favorite holiday uh and uh ray rafael alvarez says halloween is the most fun but I think Christmas decorating and Christmas movies are the best. I aim to rewatch Jingle All the Way every year until I die. Um, and Xavier Thomas says the best holidays are the ones you don't have to show up for work slash school. And I'm inclined to agree with that. All right. I think that if you're going to think about it like that, though, then snow days are your favorite holidays, which is that a holiday? You did not. You're a Florida boy. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I've never. I've before Florida. I lived in Arizona, and now I live here. So I have never experienced a snow day. Yeah, we used to in Boston have not only snow days but cold days, which is when it's too cold to go out. It's not snowing. It's not raining. You can't go outside or you'll freeze to death. Oh, my God. Oh my so you God. cannot go to school. It's like when it hits below negative seven or something that they're like, nope. Not doing it because they have to ensure that if you walk to school that you don't die on your way there. That seems fair. That feels like a general obligation we should have as a culture. <laughs> yep. Totally. Um, the the no such luxuries for work. No, you're coming in today. Damn it. Uh, so. Um, as I said earlier, uh, on Patreon, there's a new there's a new exclusive Patreon show where I'm talking about all the Spider-Man movies with Sal, so please go check that out. Also, for Hellbent backers, those should be shipping out um, within the week, um, barring any unforeseen complications, and there have been plenty in this whole process, so, you know. Um, 
but but uh, all the comics and cards and stickers and all of that are residing in my home, just waiting for me to pack them up and send them to you. Um, so look forward to all of that. Uh, is it a lot of boxes? It is a lot of Yay. boxes. It is a lot. But everything, the comic looks really cool. The tarot cards turn out really cool. I'm really happy. I'm really happy with all of it. So I'm very excited to send it uh, to you all. Um, now. Before we get into Eternal Spoiler Free, um, let's do a little bit of what we're into. Uh, Roxy, what are you into? You're into some some HBO stuff this week, yeah? Yeah, really into some HBO stuff. So HBO is totally back. Curb Your Enthusiasm is back. Insecure is back. And Succession is back, which means that I am glued to HBO right now. So weird to call. I, I don't know whether that's HBO or HBO Max. These are all shows that started before HBO Max existed, but I'm watching them on HBO Max, so maybe just HBO. I, I, I don't know if you have thoughts on that, DJ, but whatever. I like the I like the HBO slash HBO Max shows. Yeah, for, I and, mean, for me, it's just HBO because I never really had HBO connected to like cable. So to me, it's just, it's just HBO. So you, are you not, when you're watching these, you don't watch them on Max? I watch them on Mac, but the, my, the app I use for HBO is now just Max. It's, so it's all just kind of the yeah, same yeah. thing okay, for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, me too. Yeah. So weird. But anyway, so all three of these are great. Right now, we're on the first episode of Insecure, the first episode of Curb, and the second episode of Succession. I am kind of interested why Succession came back a week prior to these other two. Yeah. But whatever they're all here and uh i are, do you watch any of these dj i do I watch, watch insecure i do watch insecure however i've inserted the new season i have not checked out curb um and do you think i'd like succession i'm always kind of surprised like whenever i see trailers from i'm like all right it it looks like like suits or something to me it doesn't look like something that i would find terribly engaging but like people love it like like so there must be something going on there what's challenging is that I think you hate watching rich white people exist on screen just to be dicks. Like I, uh, you know, as a la Dave for a minute, you, why you prefer Rami to Dave. Yeah. Is that it's just really hard to relate to the problems of somebody who like we have nothing in common. Yeah. And so succession, you don't feel for really any of them. You're watching it and you're like, I don't know what any of this is like. I mean, these are the richest of the rich people, the most business wall streety family but the show is so well done mm -hmm. that to me it is it's definitely you like billions i've never seen billions oh mm. <laughs> yeah i can't think of anything you have said you've watched that you love that is in the same vein of this okay. so i'd be interested to know how you feel i know you would know it's a well done show but whether you actually enjoyed it i'm not sure at, at its core it's a family drama yeah 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 it reminds me of like the kennedys Okay. You know, they're they're uh, powerful, make things go away. They literally borrow Chappaquiddick almost to a T at some point during the series. Okay. Um, and so they, it, it, they're they really like the biggest, richest pieces of crap who are all stabbing each other in the back. And the whole premise of the show is like, who's going to end up on top running the company? Yeah. And there's all different people. By the way, did you see any of the stuff about Brian Cox's book that just came out? No. Is it, so I saw it trending and I was confused because I, I think there was some confusion on there's two different Brian Coxes. There's one that's a uh, – there was the one that wrote the book who's different from the actor or maybe they are oh, the that same Brian person. Brian Cox is not the actor Brian Cox. I think it is. Is it? Yeah, I think the person who wrote the book is Brian Cox. What's, what was, what's the book? On all the other actors that he's worked with. 
Oh, is it that? Because I saw some more, some like science book coming up, and they were calling him Professor Brian Cox or whatever. And oh, I, was I like, didn't see that. No, this was he was going in on Johnny Depp and Steve. Oh Seagal shit! And okay, Kane and then, like, yes, that is probably the same Brian. Cox. I was like, what other Michael? Uh, what other Brian Cox is there? Yeah, this was there. I haven't read the book, but there was certain. In, uh, I actually took screen grabs of some of it, but is, yes, he he doesn't think Johnny Depp is very talented. He think Michael Caine. He thinks Michael Caine is an institution, not doesn't have range. Like it, it, he gave a lot of like wow. what? Okay, he wow. just didn't I, care. I will say, I do. I do like Brian Cox. Isn't it? Like when he shows up with someone, I'm like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> Love Brian Cox, and he is the perfect patriarch of this family. He is. You want to more than punch him in the face. Okay. He is the worst human being I've ever seen on TV. Like, and it's horrible, horrible. And his kids all learn from him, but they're trying to be better, but they just like don't even have the tools to be better people. Yeah. Really good. Don't know if you'll love it, but it is excellently done. I'll Excellent. give it a look. I'll give it a look. HBO yeah. shows, HBO shows are kind of like FX shows where even if it's not like clicking, it's like, well, there's still like a lot of talent here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this season we finally built to a place where there's a divide in the company and we're almost at like a battle of two sides right now. Gotcha. So, so we're finally, I feel like what, this is the third season. Mm-hmm. We're finally in a place where it's like, who, who's going to start making moves. Yeah. So I'm really into succession on the other end of that is a show that's been on for what? 11 seasons now, 14 seasons. What's I was going to say, I think closer to 14. You're talking about curb. I th- yeah. I, yeah. Whatever season we're on. I thought last season was phenomenal of curb. I know that a lot of people fell off after like seven seasons of the show. It, this show is really good. The premiere was not as good as last season's premiere episode, but still really funny. And we are dealing with like a post quarantine world yeah. with Larry David. So you can kind of picture what that looks like, <laughs> just like all the idiosyncrasies and like just disturbances that he has about, hoarders during covid or covid in general or anti-vax you know just like he has issues with everything and so it makes for a really funny we know people like this during this time but it's larry david so it's it definitely had a really strong premiere and then insecure i don't want to give any spoilers because i know you watch it but i i thought it was a, a really good first episode but I'm kind of bummed with what they did in the last five minutes of it Uh-oh. Uh, in terms of love life stuff. Uh-oh. But, you know, I don't think that that's the reason you watch the show, DJ. I don't think you care as much about uh, the love life than the love triangles as I do. Yeah. But for me, as a lover of love, a shipper of ships, I just am so confused on like what they're going to do with Molly's love story, with Issa's love story, like mm. what. We only have one season, so what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. It is wild that there's only one season, and it is interesting. Although I want to say you also binged Insecure, right? Like you haven't been watching it since it premiered. No, I I started it in pandemic. Yeah, so the pandemic has been long enough that I think we also started in the pandemic. Like it, it feels yeah. like a long time ago, but we have been in pandemic for a long time. Um, and so I think for me that you know I don't have the history with those relationships that like people that like watched it since the beginning that like have like th- there's camps, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, it's uh, when you watch a show like that, it's like, it's harder, at least for somebody like me to like form a camp, you're just kind of letting it play out. You know what I mean? 
But I'm yeah. very excited to check that out. And you know what? Uh, I'll definitely check out Succession because I've, I've heard good things. And I and I should start checking out Curb just because um you know I've always heard good things. And then I saw the trailer for this season, and there's a moment where where and I don't know if it's in the first episode or whatever. It was just in the trailer where Larry's stuck in traffic, and he's basically like bitching about being in traffic. He's like, only dumb people get stuck in traffic. I should I shouldn't be in traffic. And it's one of those. Obviously, I wouldn't phrase it the same way, but. But I do try to like organize my life so I don't end I up in traffic. And so when it happens, it's like I should have figured out a way around this. So DJ, you just described the show in one second. Mm-hmm. Everything that Larry does, you kind of get what, like you're kind of like, I wouldn't have done it like that. But I know what you're thinking and saying. Yes. Like, I totally get it. You're an asshole. Mm-hmm. And then you go above and beyond to be an asshole. But your initial thought, I feel that. I feel yep. that. I get that. Uh, and it definitely makes you question the like ickiest part of yourself that say things like only dumb people get stuck in, stuck in traffic. And it's like, what kind of a sentence is that? But well, and I do, know like, when traffic is. It's tricky. It's tricky. And it's something that, that I don't definitely don't have a handle on because I'm not a comedian. But I do think there's there's a lot of like comedic value in that. Like just taking that feeling that everybody has. And instead of by the time it would leave our mouths we would have filtered it through some stuff to to take the edge off a little bit it's like right. yeah but what if somebody didn't and and so it's like it, it's relatable but it's also it's also forcing you to self-reflect a little bit on the thought on just the, the raw thoughts you have like oh, maybe i should process these thoughts differently i don't know anyway i haven't watched the show so i don't know but i should check it out you've never seen one episode i have not i have not i see you really liking curb I'll check it out. I'll, it, I I will say shows and it, this one has the benefit of it's like a half hour comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, whenever you're, it's a show that like, it, and it's also an HBO show, so I'm assuming each season's like ten to thirteen episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a little bit better than when people are like, "Oh, fifteen seasons of Supernatural." I'm like, that, "That's not happening." <laughs> yeah. No. No freaking way. No freaking way. Uh, Curb, t- I kind of don't think you need to start at the beginning. You could, but like. It, it's very in very similar tone. I feel like it's always Sunny and Curb are the two shows that no matter how long they're on for, I will keep watching because they never get stale. Yeah. Because because the characters are so strong. But I, if you think you could kind of pick up, it's always Sunny at any point. I think you could kind of pick up at Curb at any point. That makes sense to me. The other one I think about, as far as you talk about people dropping off, is like other institutions, like like a South Park. That it's like it's yeah. waves. Like maybe you'll come on, watch for a few seasons, and then leave, and then it's still on. So then you pick up the next few seasons. You know what I mean? And it's right. Yeah. And maybe you don't get some of the callbacks, but like that's fine. Yeah, that's all good. So very exciting. I love all these HBO shows, and and uh, uh, and I know people. There's issues with that but i i like hbo max has a ton of great stuff on it uh and i also have the same questions about what's the distinction between hbo max and hbo but whatever we'll figure it out someday <laughs> will we i, I, I mean I, they have to, to i guess yeah <laughs> as far as branding um before we get into uh what i'm into this week uh we'll cut to a quick ad break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of slash talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, we are back. 
And uh, this week what I'm into, and I, I was actually into it a couple weeks ago, but I had to wait for Roxy to catch up. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, or then Roxy had to wait for me to catch up. We're just, we had to wait to catch up. Uh, it's only murders in the building. So Roxy, I want to say, it, it was like you and Josh, I don't remember who mentioned it first on the show. Josh, Josh mentioned Josh it. Josh mentioned it and then you watched it and then you mentioned it. And then it yeah. was like, okay, I'll give this a, a shot. And, and I was a little bit, um, you know, I was a little bit unsure and, uh, this show's great. It's great. It's delightful. It's adorable. Delightful is such a good word. It is it is it is digestible. Mm-hmm. It is easy to watch at any time of day. It's funny but like cute and I, I, I'm really into shows like this that are just it's not trying too hard. It's just yeah. like this is our show. Here it is and I'm like thank you. Well, it's an interesting balance because you're right that it's not trying too hard and I I feel like a lot of the terms I you to describe it would be kind of like derisive terms on other shows but it's not here and I have trouble in my brain like there's stuff this show does like little like cute stuff or stylistic stuff that I feel like in a different context would annoy me but on mm-hmm. this show it's nice and simple and fun, and the whole cast is great. We got Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and uh, and they're all great. I, I know for me, the standout is usually Martin Short because he reminds me of like a lot of actors, like um, like Matt Berry, um, who who um, and what was the? I'm I'm totally blanking right now. The the lady we both love on um, White Lotus, um, Jennifer Coolidge. Yes, who this? You can take a normal line. And just through their delivery, make it hilarious. Like on paper, yeah. it's not a joke, but the way they deliver it, it's it's fucking hilarious. That's yeah. for me. That's Mart- a lot of Martin Short's comedy, and it's just like you said, it's it's light, but also, I mean, they're doing the work. It's not. It's it's a well put together show. Totally, it's really really good. I think that one of the reasons why I can get away with things that other shows can't right now is that tonally, I don't know any other show that's like this on TV right now. Yeah. And we've got three mega stars from two very different generations on the mm-hmm. show so uh, just watching their chemistry definitely works and uh, also i know that we're not uh, i don't know if we're giving spoilers so i won't but the finale really landed for me which made it a really cute little season one like, yeah i was like wow way to put a little bow on season one and tie it a knot and then leave a door open for season two a very like textbook yeah it's it's um um i i do have questions and i think you're right we probably should keep it spoiler free especially since this is on the the main show and it's not like part of the after show i don't want to like spoil it for people i do have questions um but i the show also leaves it open to say that like though some of those questions might be answered in the upcoming season yeah, well, they're going to have to answer some of the questions. Some of them. Yeah, well, there's the cliffhanger question, but there's also like like a lot of murder mysteries. They'll do a reveal as this person all along, and you're like, things happen to that person that that only only the audience is there to view. So did that person do the, the – uh, like they, they leave messages or whatever. Like, So did that person leave a message for themselves that only we as the audience know about? So Very method. Very yeah. method. <laughs> Just in case there's anybody in the hallway, yeah. I will also say um, uh, I, when I was younger, before I came out to L.A., I, I was very enamored with New York. I did a business trip up there. It was the first time in like a major city. It really blew my mind. Now, having spent uh, over a decade in L.A., I see like this this show, and I know a lot of New York shows do this, but they really capture New York, and it's like, oh fuck, I'd fucking hate new york <laughs> I, would, I would i would i see why people like it oh boy does it not seem like it is 
for me. Like when they're when they're talking about like you have to tip the building manager and then you couldn't open your fireplace because of somebody else in the building. You're like, oh, fuck, this fucking sucks. <laughs> totally, totally. How you said that Martin Short is the one who does it for you. For me, especially in this finale episode, Steve Martin, like there's there's one moment where we see something's happening and I'm like, how the, how the fuck is that happening right now? There's no way. And then we see that it's actually in that person's mind. That's yes. what they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, he is so fucking funny. Like I, I remember being a kid, I was probably like seven and I bought my first monologue book mm-hmm. and it was all Steve Martin monologues. And I just, he wrote like a monologue book for for actors or whatever. I got to go see if I can find that. It was crazy though. And I just kept reading it. Um, And like every single thing that he writes is hysterical. His performances are hysterical. He sells it in a way that like, I feel like he's our uncle. Mm -hmm. You just know, you know, with, with Martin short, I think he's so funny because I'm like, I don't know anybody like that dude. Yes. With Steve Martin. I think he's so funny because I'm like, I know so many people like this dude. And also not not just the line delivery and stuff like that, but the physical comedy he pulls off in the finale is, is gold. And I think the inclusion of Selena Gomez is an incredibly smart decision, not just of, of, again, the generational thing, which I really think helps make the show even more accessible, but also where her, the life experience where her character's coming from is very different than theirs. And I think it's a necessarily like counterbalance in, in between the two. And, and each generation is able to comment on the other without like putting the other one down. Um, uh, and also, uh, we should mention um, uh, Tina Fey is also in this uh, occasionally, and Which she is also so wild. It's great. Also, uh, the the they pull the whole Sting subplot is is fucking fantastic, and I like and I like that the show is smart enough to comment on like, of course it's not fucking Sting, but these idiots would think like maybe it is. Like, no, it's not fucking Sting, you idiots. <laughs> It's really good. But I want to mention yeah. Tina Fey because she gets my probably my the the joke I laugh the hardest at, which is um uh it, episode ends with her doing her podcast and it cuts to black and then she goes into a a Squarespace ad and it was so as somebody who does the podcasting, that joke was so that was gold. It was they made that joke for us. That was legit, like for the that was for the people. Yes. Like, I, yeah, for sure. For sure. This is the most I've ever liked Selena Gomez. And I don't mean that as a knock on her because mm-hmm. I don't know her at all. Yes. So I didn't know whether I liked her or disliked. I've never seen her. In, I, I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. I, I think the only thing I've seen her in um, is uh, Spring Breakers. Oh, yeah. I think I watch that. That's literally the Spring Break movie, right? Where she, Yes. She yeah, her yeah. and a bunch of other young actresses are yeah. like robbers, and James Franco's in there, and she's g- good. But it, that's not—you're yeah. not coming to see Selena Gomez. It's like a whole yeah. thing. <laughs> and I've heard her music on the radio and stuff, but like I just have no connection to Selena Gomez. Yeah. Uh, and I had one friend who was in an episode of Wizardly Wa- Wavers of Ways, yeah. whatever it is, mm-hmm. Wait, Wizards of Waverly Place. That's it. And so I watched that episode, mm-hmm. but I, other than that, I just have no connection to her. And so watching this, I was like, I really like this girl. Mm-hmm. I think she really nails it. And like, she's not playing a, I, what they could have done with this character is like a, Oh my God, what's happening with yeah. the bodies. I just don't know who's the murderer. Mm-hmm. But instead she's kind of a little bit of a weirdo mm-hmm. and you don't know what her energy is. And she is sometimes a little more subdued, but also 
gets passionate about things and she's not that like typical millennial that we're seeing on TV these days. Yeah. But I felt like she did play to our generation and yeah. was kind of just like, like level about things. Like, of course I know how to text and I know how to do all of those things, but she wasn't like, I am social media obsessed. Yes. I can't even put my phone down. Mm -hmm. And so obviously in the writer's room, they have some people that are actually millennials who yes. are like, no, that's not how like millennials actually act because I feel like every time that the older gen puts millennials on screen, I just like, mm. and all their sentences is like that. They cannot get off of the gram. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like maybe some people, but who the fuck are you guys depicting? So yeah. I, I liked, I really liked her character. I thought she did a good job. Yeah. And she's a uh, killer at the, the, the deadpan. She gets a couple deadpan. Like, I want to say there's a, a scene where Steve Martin's like, Oh, you like it. And she's like, is that, what my face is communicating yeah <laughs> and it's just great the delivery is great so i i yeah highly recommend it's on hulu um and uh uh it's it's great and now that hulu it'd be has, a good binge it'd be, yeah because yeah. Yeah, again it's not it's not challenging i think my one of my only real notes is that um i have and it's early on this isn't really spoiler uh i have trouble believing the person that is martin short's son in that show I have trouble believing Martin Short, whoever he's married to, would create that. Per it's like that. I don't know that that person came out of your balls, but okay. <laughs> that was a definite interesting move where they were just like clearly wanted to cast that actor. And mm -hmm. they were like, we're not going to explain. Yeah, it's like because because Martin Short's like a little elven man. And this guy is like a he's like a, a big he's like a big guy. He's like my size. Yeah. I know you're looking at them and you're like. Nah, whatever the, the relationship is nice. there's a lot of great cute jokes a lot of characters maybe adopted i don't know maybe adopted oh and um oh sh uh uh divine joy randolph plays the cop who anybody that saw um uh the dynamite movie um uh from eddie murphy she's in that great in that she's great in this and i like this that the show explores other characters in and around the building outside of our core trio because it allows them to broaden their view and like there's another sequence where uh martin short and steve martin are tailing somebody and they get in uh uh the car of these two these two other guys and they have a podcast and it's just an interesting like it's it's good yeah. it's a good show yeah we only have like a hundred thousand subscribers or whatever. yeah 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 and it's like oh, okay and the, you know Great stuff, good stuff, and especially if you're listening to podcasts and do podcast, whatever. Uh, a lot of uh, great smart jokes specifically to that subculture. Um, highly recommend. Now, let's get into uh, Eternals, but before we do that, oh my God, you know it. It's another fucking ad break. Gosh dang it. Yeah, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now we're going to talk about Eternals. We're back. Ooh, it's Eternals. And um, so so this is going to be an interesting discussion. This is spoiler-free. But going in, the, this this movie appears to be pretty divisive with people. I know it was kind of divisive when we were coming out of our screening. 
Um, it appears to be divisive online. The synopsis is the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. It has a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes as of this recording, which is the lowest a Marvel movie has ever been. Um, oh, and, whoa. Yeah, it's lower than Thor The Dark World. I do feel inclined to mention that, again, this is uh, an aggregate. And also the way Rotten Tomatoes does its aggregate, aggregates is it's it, it's a binary positive and negative. And so so there is nuance. I uh, I don't I don't personally think the way Rotten Tomatoes uh, aggregates that stuff is is totally helpful. But whatever. Yeah, but what that means is that more people thought that Thor: The Dark World was good than people who thought that this movie was good. That is what that inf- information communicates. I think if you were to like actually look at the reviews, to be a little bit more nuanced there, uh, especially if those reviews are like letter grades. This is the lowest Rotten Tomatoes. Marvel movie ever? That is my understanding. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get into that. So um, uh, I, I also what? have that feeling, uh, not about this in particular, but just in general. Uh, an ambitious superhero ep- This is the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. An ambitious superhero epic that soars slightly more than its strains. Eternals takes the MCU in intriguing and occasionally confounding new directions. Of course, it is directed by Chloe Zhao. Um Written by a bunch of people, Chloe Zhao, Patrick Burley, uh, Ryan Furpo, and Cass Furpo, and those last two are also credited for the story. And it has Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Kit Harrington, Kumail Nanjiani, Liam McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Lauren Ridloff, uh, Barry Keegan, uh, Ma Young suk who is, uh, people might know from Train to Busan, and he's amazing in that movie, he's amazing in this movie. Uh, and then I wanted to mention Harish Patel, who plays Karun. Um, who is is uh, he plays Kamal Nanjiani's like um, valet or whatever, and he is a treasure. Uh, but we'll get into that later. Um, so Roxy, spoiler free thoughts. I, am, I I I used to start with you. I okay. can't start with me. I'm so upset with the people right now, DJ. So I think this movie. I, I understand in one sense why it is divisive in that it moves in a weird way. In some ways, it moves like an old school epic. Like it, like it's it's. I feel like it's it's artistic ambitions are actually similar to Dune's. Um, like in my brain, I compare the two, even though the way they go about achieving them is very different. Um, and I will say the the opening of the movie, and again, no spoilers, but it takes a minute for it to like click into place. And about at the halfway point, it it reveals its central conflict. Like, this is actually what we're doing. And for me, that's when the movie clicked. And suddenly, all these characters we're introduced to, we have to, they all have to figure out, reckon with what the conflict is. And, um, and I appreciated, and I think this is something the Marvel movies in general tend to be pretty good at, is it's character-focused storytelling. It's a lot of this movie is spending time with these characters and unpacking how they feel about their immortality, how they feel about what the celestials want from them, how they feel about each other, and I find that character focused stuff more compelling than like plot sci-fi world building shit. Um and and I like a lot of these actors and so even there's there's aspects of this movie that I would describe as messy. There's parts that feel like cluttered and kind of messy and kind of clunky. It definitely feels like a lot of Marvel movies in that it could have used one or two more passes on the script. I feel like um, I did enjoy it. I like a lot of these actors. I like how effortless, effortlessly inclusive this movie is. Like um, our our 
obviously it's a it's an ensemble piece but kind of our main protagonist is Gemma Chan as Cersei and so you have a British action actress of Asian descent who's your lead and and it's not like the movie pauses for you to like give it a pat on the back for that it just treats it like well of course you know what I mean we have uh, um, um, Lauren Ridloff who's a deaf actress and again she's just there and part of the movie and it's not like it's like not like the movie uh, stops and like hey look how good we're doing like you know what I mean and and it's just it's just effortlessly inclusive um, and I think that's kind of the benefit that the Eternals give the Marvel vehicle in that nobody gives a flying fuck about the Eternals. So, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, in the comics, 90% of the Eternals are white dudes. And so they completely uh, change that for this movie. And it's not, I can't imagine, unless it's like a bad faith argument, comic fans getting up on arms about it because nobody cares nobody like it's not like the Eternals are anybody's favorite superhero team and so it, it allows them a little bit of freedom but I do think it creates tension between the traditional Marvel formula and what the movie's trying to do that I don't quite know that the movie overcomes but I enjoyed it those are my spoiler free thoughts I wonder if I wonder if this is doing so poorly because it's like the sexiest of the Marvel movies. I mean, God damn, this is yeah, this. I mean, I there's one there is a sex scene, but also the they, this is a beautiful cast of people. <laughs> yeah, sexy in all the ways. There's like a few different intimate moments. Oh, okay. So I have to get over the fact that people suck. <laughs> and I guess just go over the fact that I really liked this movie. Yeah. I really liked this movie for several reasons. One of the reasons is kind of not because what you were just talking about, DJ, but it's different because of that reason. Uh, you know, the, this is a well-rounded group of people that look like my friends. Yes. Look like this world. Yeah. And so everybody not only looks different and has different backgrounds, but they all have different powers mm -hmm. that are like vastly different from one another. Yeah. And I thought that that was really cool. Sometimes as I'm watching the Avengers or um, Justice League or whatever it is, it's kind of like, well, a lot of people are really fast. Yes. And a lot of people are really strong and a lot of people uh, can really fight. And this was like, I can't believe that coming out of this movie, I feel pretty confident that I know at least 50% of what each person's powers are, if yeah. not more. So I feel like I had an understanding. This, I've, I know nothing about the Eternals. And after watching this movie, I feel unbelievably invested in at least five different characters. Yeah which is really crazy. And like, I have an understanding of all of them. Like I really enjoy this ensemble cast and felt and felt intrigued and invested in so many individuals um, with Cersei, with Icarus, with yeah. Thena, with Ajax. Uh, and honestly with Camille's character too, even though he's more comedic relief at times, yeah. I, I, I really liked what they did with his storyline, which I won't be specific about, but I I understood his position on things, yeah. and I, I I understood a lot of people's position on things. Uh, uh, and to that note, something I really appreciate about the movie is the movie respects these characters enough to let to stand by their decisions. There's no like a character says this is what I'm about, and it, there's no like miraculous backtracking later. It's like no movie's like no that's. That's what they decided, and that's it's just the way it is because that happens in life. People says like, ah, "I'm going to stand on this side," and you just have to be like, "All right." 
Because usually in life, people do. When they make a decision, they usually do double down. They don't usually double back. So like, yeah, I thought that that was really cool. I liked a lot of these relationships. They were interesting dynamics where they're complicated. And it's not black and white. And you look at duos or even trios and you think, hmm, I see the predicament here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what's happening. So character-wise, this movie really worked for me, which I never expected because it's Eternals and I don't care I don't give a fuck about that. Yes. So the fact that the strongest part of this movie was the characters, I was like, that's dope. Uh Yeah, I think the fact that like it seems like you're in the same boat. The fact that we came out of this movie like, "Oh, I want more Eternals movies." It says it did its job. <laughs> right, right. Story-wise, I liked the story totally enough. I was like, all right, I'm in enough. This It doesn't seem like the main, my, it's not my main love of this movie. Yeah. I didn't walk out of this and say, that was the most unique, original, <laughs> incredible, mind-blowing plot. Because the plot is relatively simple. Yeah. But on that note, it's not convoluted. Yeah. I got it. I got what we were trying to do. I like movies that do that. I don't like movies where it's an ensemble. Everybody has a different thing they're trying to accomplish. I get lost in what what are we actually trying to do here? Yeah. I knew what we were trying to do. I knew who laid on what side. And I, I thought that it was very, because everything else, as people would say, was, wow, I forgot the word again. Dense. dense DJ, yeah. that's what I was trying to tell you afterwards. Everybody kept saying this was dense. I didn't find it dense. I found it fully loaded, but dige- digestible. Yeah. But because we had so much else going on, I liked that the plot was kind of simple. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's a smart thing. I think it's something um, that picked up from uh, Avengers. Like Avengers, like who's the villain Avengers? It's Loki. Like, and it's not, it's not as, as big as we get later, but it's smart to be like, no, the, the star of the movie is this group of people. And I think they took that. I think it's a smart for this type of movie. I think that's a smart lesson to take away. I think it's something uh, Justice League could have benefited from. Um, uh, and, and I think it's something this movie benefits from. Like yeah, the plot, it only matters in so much as it gets this group of characters together and interacting and sharing their views and stuff. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, creating that conflict. That's what matters. The conflict between these characters is what matters. The bigger thing is just an excuse for that to happen. Yes. It was a little bit of a bummer going back to something you mentioned, DJ. This I saw this the same week or yeah, the same week, three days after I saw Dune. Mm-hmm. The movies are nothing alike, but one of the biggest pros of Eternals is how it looks. Yeah. It just looks so wonderful. Yeah. But coming right after Dune. It, it, it was hard to be blown away by how Eternals looked. You're right. You're right. And it's it was interesting, too, because I couldn't help compare them in my brain. And I couldn't help but feel like, man, if you could just take the best elements from both these movies, I think you'd have, a, for me, a perfect epic. Because if you the scale of Dune is incredible. But I don't find myself really connecting to anybody or their perspective. They're all just kind of ciphers for the plot to move forward. So if you could use not the characters, but the same attention to characterization, put that in as something as big as Dune. It's, and, and, and what I feel like I'm describing uh, is basically like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where it's like, you know, you care about all the people and their perspectives, but also the scale is huge. And it's you do yeah. all, all the things. Um, uh, I, I felt like, but I found myself 
I think I learned something about my interests a little bit more because I found I find myself gravitating to enjoying Eternals more because I think that human element. I, I feel like I love genre fiction, I love sci-fi, I love fantasy, I love all that stuff. But I think that stuff only matters so much as it, in so much as it communicates a human idea or something that me, who does not live in a fantasy world, can come away with. And I'm not saying Dune doesn't have that, uh, but I. I uh, this, that human aspect is more easily accessible in Eternals, and I think it, it values that more than Dune does. I think Dune is way more into its giant sets and giant uh, situations and giant worlds and giant whatever. Uh, and none of that, it, that's great. Uh, but I, I, I think what Eternals is doing, I think overall, is, I find more appealing. Um, but you're right. When, if you're comparing the visuals, it's like, wow, this is a visually stunning movie that is completely dwarfed by what Dune was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about Kayla Marie's question who says, where does this rank among current MCU phase? So Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and Eternals. Um, That's tough. I meant to rewatch Black Widow this week, but I didn't have a chance. If I didn't have my hang-ups with how Shang, the third, Shang-Chi's third act, um, uh, Shang-Chi would probably be top. Um, it's hard for me to compare with that mind. So it's, then it's either Eternals or Black Widow and they feel so different to me. Like they're so, the, the, uh, maybe Eternals. Um, but again, what's the thing I liked about Black Widow? I like those characters and I like them bouncing off of each other. That's what I enjoyed about it. So, so I guess in that sense, they are similar. Um, maybe Eternals just, but it's also the one I saw the most recently. So maybe that's why, do you have a, like a clear cut? I know that Black Widow's last for me. Okay. I and I feel the same way about Shang-Chi, not the whole third act, but you know there's a 20-minute period in there that I really fucking struggle with. Yeah. But I really loved that movie. I think overall, this might be first in the phase for me. I have to watch Shang-Chi again. Yeah. But I really liked Eternals. Like, I walked out and was like, ah, I really like that. Yeah. Let's get to... Um, um, some of the questions in the discord uh or yeah from the discord um uh jake have to ask why do you think eternals uh, what do you think about eternals being so divisive some people i follow say it's uh boring as hell while others uh, follow really dug it and i think it's a nice change up from uh the typical mcu formula um uh i haven't found much middle ground between the two and danny in the chat mentions didn't eternals get review bombed as one of the platform on, on one of the platforms because of homophobes and i do wonder that even though the movie doesn't it's not it's not like they're not marketing this movie as like the the most inclusive movie whatever ever it just is but i do wonder if there's push back because of that um but also because i think now people really want more of the same and this is like what if we changed it just a little bit <laughs> i don't know but yeah. what do you think why do you think it's so divisive and the, the pushback is happening i'm just surprised with people calling it boring because i feel like those people then don't care about characters and they just want to see punches all the time and there yeah. are action sequences in this but maybe maybe the people who thought this were boring are people who love like jam just action 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 and wanted this to be an action movie i rewatched um uh aquaman this week and uh and i really enjoyed that movie i did and really love that big dumb goofy movie um but it and it, uh and to your point it is like it, that movie fucking 
trucks. It's either somebody's punching somebody or we're introducing a new idea or there's some new glowy object. And I love it for that. Um, but I'm also glad that Eternals is not that, you know what I mean? Like it, you different, stro- it's different movies require different things. And of course, an Aquaman movie who's dealing with uh, a very derided superhero, you know, just jam packs it with all the biggest ideas ever. It's different, but like even on the other end of the spectrum, Dark Knight, who is a very serious movie, also a very, that movie is something I describe as dense. You're getting new plot information. You're getting, it's always moving. So you're right. Maybe people, those people that find this boring respond more to something like that. Yeah. I just didn't find this to be, not one point in the movie. Did I think this is slow? Yes. Not one time. Not one time. Did I think this is boring? This is slow. This is dragging. It's ironic to me that people think that this movie is dense and boring because yeah. usually those two. Th- uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't have thought if I was the first person to see this movie and you had said to me, what do you think people are going to feel about Eternals? I would have said, I think people are going to love it. Yeah. So I'm surprised because sometimes I like things that I can see why nobody else liked it. And I'm like, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. But with this, I feel like it's kind of easy to like. Yeah. And, and in that sense, it does feel like a throwback to when, and obviously this is not to say that there's not a lot of franchise building in this movie. There is. Uh, there's a lot of like connecting the MCU and building up other stuff. That said, totally. the feel of the movie, it feels like a movie back when we made movies, like back when movies just got to be movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and so in that sense, I agree with you. It's like, in that sense, it's like, it's pretty accessible. Uh, whatever. I also like this question um, from Kevin. How much do you think the history would go down if the Eternals were not around to begin with? And and I feel like this is a question we can answer without spoilers, but it is an interesting question because how I how much am, would history go down? Yeah, like how much how how much of history would stay the same if the Eternals weren't involved? And this is a question. Maybe this is a spoiler question because uh, uh, I do have some questions about how involved and uninvolved the Eternals are in in the way the MCU is supposed to have played out. I don't get the question. How much would history stay the same? Yeah. So like basically how if, if the Eternals were not part, uh, how much did the Eternals change the tra- trajectory of the MCU? So the future. Well, no, the, uh, the because we do the, the movie hints that they they are they are involved in human history for all. They're like, we're not involved. There are a few scenes that are like, we did this. And it's like, well, how involved were you in shaping human history? I think specifically with like te- I get the question. technology, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get the question. Uh, I don't know. I think that humans would have al- always found a way to fuck things up. <laughs> that I agree with. <laughs> so. That I agree with. Uh, we got this one. Um, from- oh, DJ, I didn't say this, though. And I and I want to um, just so everybody in here knows, because I had no effing idea who this was. Uh, I I love this guy, um, Barry, Ke- Barry Keegan. 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 Barry Keegan. Yeah. I don't know who that I'm obsessed with this man. So he was in he, like stole the show for me at times. I thought he was so fucking good. He's very good. And I think his subplot, we get a little bit of like the Eternals, what the Eternals have been up to since whatever his, I think is the most interesting. Like it's, it, and, and I think, and I, it's a great example and we'll talk about it in spoilers. It's a great example of showing, not telling mm-hmm. um, uh, that illustrates um, the, uh, the difficulty with the Eternals. Um, I guess I've seen him in a lot of other things and just didn't know. Barry Keegan is how you say it? I believe so. I believe okay. so. I could be incorrect. He was also supposed to be Yorick in the Why Last Man show and he dropped out. 
Um, oh my god, this man was like everything in the movie. I thought he was so his just his technique. I was like, damn, he is acting fucking not circles around people because everybody was good, but I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, he's he's very he, he did a, a really good job. And and again, I just I, I the casting of this is top notch. Um, Kayla Marie asks, what other Game of Thrones people should we add to the MCU? I want all of them because of course we've got uh, two of them. We got two of the Stark boys in it, um, and of course we've got. Uh, Daenerys showing up in Secret Invasion. Mm. <laughs> you don't you don't think more more uh, uh, Game of Thrones people? No, I do. I just Amelia Clark does not do it for me. Um, Interesting. I like Amelia Clark. Yeah, I loved her on Game of Thrones, but did you see me before you? No, <laughs> I sure I sure didn't. Did you see Last Christmas? I sure didn't. All right. So you're well. saying I might not have full context to make that judgment. <laughs> Just look at her. Look at how she uses her brows. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, who would I want to see? I think an easy answer would be Lena Headey. Yeah, 100%. I've I've been a fan of her since she was in um Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh that TV show and she was in she's in Dread. She's fucking great. I love that actress so much and I don't and it uh, it has to be a villain. I mean, it doesn't have to be. She's a really talented actress, but, but I re- She could be right. Yeah. Like who she could have been uh What's in Thor? What, oh, Mara, yeah. Uh, uh, Hela. Hela. Yep. I called her Mara. Am I an Aquaman again? <laughs> yeah. She could have been like a Hela type or anything like that. She's great. Uh, on that note, I think like Gwendolyn Christie would do a good job. I was just thinking uh, that. She'd be great. She's going to be Lucifer in the new Sandman show, but um, she was wasted in the new Star Wars movie. So give her a Marvel movie or crying out loud. Yeah. And then we've already had Maisie and Sophie in. Uh, X movies, but listen, X those don't count movies, anymore. Yeah. Recast them. We don't know that. I still That's have true. so much hope. I still have uh, so much hope for New Mutants uh, in the future. I like that movie. I, you know, um, uh, but I get why people didn't. Yeah, See, but you get why I'm people like, didn't. Well, also, uh, I'd be fine. That cast is so great. I wouldn't mind, or specifically like uh, 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 Maisie Williams and. Um, um, why am I blanking? Fucking Anya Taylor Joy. Let oh. them do. Let them do maybe more important Marvel characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, also throw out there uh, Natalie Emmanuel, um, who's also in the Fast movies, so she's proven yeah. she can do the blockbuster stuff. And I just I I think I like her as an actress. So basically, what we're saying is, you guys have pulled over a lot of the men. Maybe snag up some of the women. Yes, that yeah. is what we're saying. And I think um, this is a good question for us to end on. I think it's a very key question based on a lot of what we've mentioned. Uh, a new guy asks, "Who is the hottest Eternal?" And this is difficult because there's not a there's not it's, a not a bum me, note in the bunch. <laughs> there isn't, but to me, because usually I have a really hard time with this person mm-hmm. um, because of my loyalty. Okay, but to me, the hottest Eternal is like no question, Angelina Jolie. What it, what she looks like in this movie is like she is chiseled from I. I it's insane. It's uh, insane. Yes. Every angle, every moment, every eye shot, everything. Um, and my reference was to Team Jen. You know my loyalty. Got it. Got it. Got it. I was gonna circle back on that, but uh... but yeah, I just she just. I mean, everybody. Gemma Chan is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Lauren um, Ridoff is 
beautiful. Yeah. Yes, she's a yes, she is. <laughs> yes. So so many good looking people in here. Richard Madden, super hot. Um, Barry Keegan, who I am now obsessed with. He looks yeah. hot as hat. Like Camille's body in this, you guys saw what he did, but he's just gorgeous as a man. Everybody's hot. I also like that he didn't watching the movie now he didn't need to go that i know hard. i thought about that dj i was just like wow this was something they did not utilize yeah this is that is a choice that he made he made like listen i've got i'm getting marvel movie money i'm gonna get fucking in shape dude some uh, Hayek, i didn't even name her by the way like yeah some Hayek, but but i agree with you that angelina jolie it's it's like it's same she was in it got released to hbo max it was one it was um it was a ty sheridan movie um, she played a firefighter or like a forest ranger or whatever. And it, so it's like kind of a grounded, almost like a crime thriller drama. And it's like, every time her face is on screen, you're like, I don't, what the fuck am I? It's like a special effect. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, how does, how did this happen? <laughs> Ty Sheridan movie. Uh, yeah, he is the person that wrote. No, I know who that is. Yeah. Oh, it's those, it's those who wish me dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those who wish me dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's it, the movie's fine. Uh, there's one element that feels a little bit too heightened for what the movie is. But like Taylor Sheridan, um, who is not. I thought you were saying Ty Sheridan, like the actor. No, um, no, no. And I, my, I'm glad I got it right because I, I, uh, I confuse those uh, yeah, quite yeah. often. But um, but it's that's like a grounded movie, and it's almost like bullshit. Andrew, this this stunning person works as a ranger. Fuck off with that shit. <laughs> it's just too. It, it's wild like her i've never seen a face like hers yes but so in this one you're like oh she's a fundamentally a goddess you're like yes that tracks <laughs> yes and and it's crazy because in a world in which it tracks with every single person i still can't stop staring at her yeah it's crazy i will say that she's kind of underutilized in this movie like it feels like I, it's like oh i don't i don't know if you need to spring angelina jolie money on this part but it it helps <laughs> I I thought that she was, I felt for her in my soul. So Mm -hmm. I thought she was utilized properly, but I get that it is interesting that to me, at least she is by far and away the biggest star in this movie. Yes. And she has never played like the biggest star in the movie. Oh, I did fuck it up. Rock. You were right. Ty Sheridan is the actor. Taylor Sheridan is the writer. Yeah. I I made the mistake that I was afraid I was going to make. You can all make fun of me online. No, no worries. And then you were like, I'm glad I didn't fuck it up. And I was just like, like, I'm going to let him think that. I'm going to give him this. I'm going to give him this. We all need these moments. Tell me when I fuck up, please, please, so I can cut it out. No. Um, So those are our spoiler-free thoughts. Um, Next week, if you're listening to this as a podcast, we're going to do a full spoiler breakdown. So since this is prior to its release, that's full spoiler-free. Next week will be after its release. We're going to really dive into the movie. So please stay tuned to that. Uh, But in the meantime, while you have to wait for our spoiler reviews, Roxy, where can the kids find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer, and I'll tell you what I'm doing there. <laughs> Go there, please. Um, you can find me at DJ Talks Trash. You can follow the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter. You ain't got the vowels from stupid. And, and again, I stepped on it. I'm sorry, Roxy. I stepped on it. Um, uh, no. But uh, again, uh, check out uh, for anybody that backed Hellbent. Um, keep your peepers peeled on your inbox because you should be getting uh, either news about shipping or, or tracking numbers or any of that stuff. Uh, should be happening soon. And I, w- I want to thank everybody who backed again. And we will see you all next week. Bye, everybody.